Welcome back to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Kronich, and I have with me Nick Reed. And Nick is a conscious capitalism kind of guy. Uh, he's an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and activist. Presently, he works at the Americans for Prosperity Foundation as a speaker and content creator. Previously, Nick holds degrees in psychology, philosophy, has worked in radio, politics, education, business, and nonprofit. So, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you became Nick? <laughs> well, how I became Nick is, oh, where do I begin? But the short version is, I was growing up following the same path that everybody else did. You know, you go to school to make the grades, make the grades to get into college, get into college to get a degree, get a degree to get a job, get a job to make the money to then buy the time to do the things that make life worth living, right? Well, in my story, I'm looking around at the adult community at say age 14, 15. And these are people who followed the traditional path much farther than I have. And they don't look like they're in any kind of place that I'm trying to get to. You know, they're still looking for that thing that, that I'm looking for. And so I'm wondering, well, is this a path for me? So me and some other really stupid friends kind of had this quarter life crisis. And we decided we are like Peter Pan, never going to grow up. We're just going to try and base jump and skydive and suck all the fun out of life that we possibly can recklessly probably die before we turn 18 and have any real responsibilities. You can see how much we appreciated our parents, you know? Yeah. And um, <laughs> so we lived like this, but we didn't, die, or at least I didn't die. And, uh, but I did have an epiphany and I was out surfing a hurricane. I think it was Katrina in Galveston. And I realized, and I don't know if it was like the near death experience type inside or just a, just an epiphany, but I said, this is a moment where I feel fully alive, where I feel truly free. And I can honestly say there's nowhere else in the world I would rather be than exactly where I am in this moment. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing than exactly what I'm doing right now. Nice. Yeah. You know, I, I got to the opportunity to see uh, Peter Pan at the Pantages Theater in Los Angeles with Sandy Duncan and that song, I won't grow up, I won't grow up. You know, it just always has stuck in my head. I won't grow up. If growing up means it would be beneath my dignity to climb a tree, I won't grow up, right? And that's kind of the idea that that uh, people tend to, you know, I, I hear this this word a lot, adulting. You know, this is a new word in the dictionary. It was just being a human being of age. Before that, right? <laughs> I'm adulting. And, uh, <laughs> and it seems like, <clears throat> you know, the more we adult, the, the less fun we have and the more serious life is and the more problems we get. Did you find that to be uh, fairly accurate? Somehow we've come to, Alan Watts, he's a, a philosopher that was popular in the 60s and had a radio show, I believe in California. He talks about how we have learned to do things that we don't enjoy doing. And then we teach our children to grow up to do things that they don't enjoy doing to teach their children. And it's all wretched and no vomit. We never get there. And I think that today we have this 
and people blame the educational system or the media or who, who knows, but without any blaming, we do have this idea that life is drudgery that you have to, to get through and, and not this, as he would say, musical thing that you were supposed to sing or dance as the music was being played. You know, it's this real serious pilgrimage. We have to get to that thing at the end, the success at the end of the road or, or, or heaven at the end of life or whatever it is, you know, and we're all focused on that. And we're just flying by at the speed of light, not even looking out the window. And if we did, it would just be a blur anyway, because we're moving so fast. Yeah. So what is, you know, to me, like I look at the world, it's changed a bit. We're, we're starting to develop this nomadic society because we're all in the digital age. We don't have to go to the building for the job. So people are starting this process of becoming more nomadic, which is kind of like going backwards in time to a place where, you know, the gypsies would travel freely around and uh, we would explore the world, right? Um, how do you think that not exploring the world has damaged kind of a country's ideals, our country, other countries, but damaged the, the ideals and the, the nature of how we act in our society? Well, that's a really interesting question. I don't know. I would say that we're going to have to find out. You know, people are locking themselves in their dungeon uh, for fear of, of going out. And, you know, maybe there's some real risks. But, um, I mean, I had corona and, and made it through. And it was rough. It was a pretty rough flu. And there's some, my grandmother's got it. And she's in the hospital with pneumonia. And, you know, it's, it's a serious threat to people. But at the same time, there's risk every time you walk out your door. There's equal risk by getting in a car and driving on a freeway. And, you know, we're, if you really calculate the risk and compare it to things that we do on a daily basis, um, there's some significant trade-offs to not living your life and, and staying in the dungeon. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're growing up with our kids, you know, not being allowed to do things that we were allowed to do. They, you know, kids don't climb trees anymore. Kids don't even go outside unsupervised for fear of the parents having CPS called on them. Uh, we're, we're coddling our youth and coddling of the American mind is a great book by Greg Lukanoff and Jonathan Hyatt, who I had a great conversation with about this uh, not too long ago. You know, I don't really know how this is going to affect us, but I do know that people are getting unsocialized and people are, and it's really easy to dehumanize and objectify people and therefore treat people more like objects than humans, the more distanced you get from them. Right. You know, one of the things I love about the, uh, the Israeli government, and this may be controversial to some, but it, this is a piece of, of the government that I like, is there's 18 parties all with an equal say. And uh, if you know any Jewish person, then you know that uh, for every one Jewish person, there's 10 opinions because we're always exploring the options, the possibilities, the thoughts. We're having discussions about what is possible, what's not possible, what's real, what's not real, what the interpretations are of things. It's, it's an interesting um, culture in general. And, uh, and so there's a diversity in conversation, even between two people. You could have 
two people having a conversation that goes into 20 tangents, right? So the question that I have, and, and it's a question I've had for a while is, how do we remember how to listen? And listen not with the response that we're about to give, but listen with the intention of learning maybe the truth, maybe not the truth, but at least the perspective of the person and where they're coming from. I think we really need to do a thought experiment. And that thought experiment is, what would life really be like if everybody thought and walked and talked and believed just like us? The, the conversations that I've been having lately, there's this big push against the freedom, kind of, they don't call it that, but it's more about what's your civic responsibility? What's your duty to others? What's your, you know, what your actions do so much contribute to other people's lives, good or bad, that you have a civic duty to say, um, wear a mask or, you know, quarantine yourself in a hole in the ground where you can't see sunshine and you can't see people and you can't, you know, do the things that make life worth living because it's your civic duty to not do the things that make life worth living because you might possibly die otherwise. And see, to me, that's like just death while I'm living, while I'm breathing. So how do we balance those two? Well, the word responsibility is interesting because its meaning has literally been reversed to the opposite. Okay. So responsibility, I think it's responded from Latin. It, it doesn't mean what it means today. Responsibility today means your, your duty, your obligation. It's what you have to do, right? It used to mean your ability to respond and your ability to respond is totally different right? Responsibility is what you have to do. Your ability to respond is what you can do. It's possibilities, right? And obligations reduces possibilities down to one. Okay. So I want the personal responsibility is not an obligation and a duty and something that you owe to the world. You know, this is some kind of new drudgery religion, in my opinion, you know, the opportunity here for people to take an active role and to be a gift to the world is not about you fulfilling your obligation and paying your debts. This is about you getting a sense of meaning and fulfillment out of life. And this is an opportunity. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. It's a Dylan, well, Dylan Thomas, not Bob. <laughs> But, uh, you know, that, that saying to me is like, you must commit yourself to fully express life from within because life is light and we don't want to extinguish that in people. And, you know, this whole world that we're living in right now is is uh an interesting cancel culture it's this uh political correctness it's this this level of 
responsibility being what, 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 what they're calling being woke, right? There's two people who are woke, one side and the other side. They're, we're, I'm woke because I'm politically correct, or I'm woke because I can see the conspiracy, or I'm woke because whatever it is. Like, are you really? Have you come out of the dream? Because I don't see the world shifting out of the dream of separation right now. I see this divisiveness because people don't know how to talk to get to each other without being in full on reaction and being in, you know, I do it myself. What I love about doing these podcast interviews is that I'm forced to listen and listen clearly so that I have what you're saying to me in the forefront of my response rather than what I want to say to you because I got reacted to something you said, right? So I had a reaction to it. But uh, so I love this format of interview because it forces me to learn more and more and more how to listen. And I think that's a skill set that, uh, that we're lacking in, in society right now. Nobody's really listening for the nuance, for the common sense, for the critical thinking, for the, the, you know, the minutia. They're only responding to the generality and reacting to their own um, echo chamber, basically. Which is a delusion. It's a total delusion that your image of other people is them. It's not. It's a caricature. I mean, the mind, I don't think that this is a evil thing that, you know, people on the left and the right or whatever, or the top and the bottom think that the other is always, you know, this greedy bastard trying to do everybody in. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's like maybe in our evolutionary development, it's the mind likes to conserve calories. And so it's easier rather than looking at a person like you're looking at them for the first time, every single time you look at them, is this human a tiger or is this, you know, a, a mouse? What is it, you know, to, to make a shortcut, you know, to take a little snapshot. But eventually we built up this mental collage of mental images that I think can blind us to the truth. You know, it's like the map we're holding up in front of the territory. And when the territory changes and doesn't match the map, which happens like an actual map, like, you know, the landscape pushes up mountains and opens up canyons and rivers meander and people change, buddy, you know? And so our maps need to be refreshed. Awesome. On that note, give, a, give the audience like three or four actionable tips on what they can do to create a new tomorrow today for themselves. Talk to people you disagree with. Depolarize a conversation. Look for people, winning people over winning arguments. Think of the one thing that you would like to see change in this world more than anything else. And then outline the best plan that you can think of to actually walk out the door and make it happen from the bottom up. You can think, how can, I, how can I create a product or a service that will advance this thing that I care about? You can think, how can I create more awareness around this thing that I care about in a way that will advance it? You can think, how could creating more healthy 
and, and strong communities advance this cause that I care about? Or how could I reform or supplement or innovate within the existing institutions of business, community, education, or government that could remove barriers to people who are facing this issue that I care about? You can go to uh, americansforprosperityfoundation.org and you can find other nonprofits that uh, can help you get connected to causes um, and, and join others in, in making a difference beyond just what you can do as an individual. But the biggest thing you can do is dispel the myth that personal action doesn't matter. We have this change the worldism, which is a psychosis that says nothing matters unless we're fixing global hunger or you know world something another. And I'm not going to do anything unless it's, it's at a global macroeconomic scale while nobody does anything. If everyone would do the thing, the, the one thing that if everybody else were to do that would lead to the whole world changing, you know what? The whole world changes. Your personal action is the only thing that counts. And that'll inspire other people to do things. And it may not be joining you and doing what you're doing, but it may be the equivalent of that. And if everybody's doing the things that they wish everybody else would do, you get a whole lot of things getting done. That's awesome. How can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more and work with you? They can check out americansforprosperityfoundation.org. You can look up our, our podcast, Be the Solution, on Americans for Prosperity Foundation YouTube and social media channels and pages. You can also check out our larger philanthropic community, standtogether.org. Awesome. Thank you so much. This has been a, an amazing conversation. I know the audience has gotten a lot out of it. Hopefully, they were taking some notes. Remember to like, subscribe, rate, review, and comment because we like to have your comments. We like to be able to start conversations with you and uh, come up with more solutions for you. So anyway, thank you very much. This has been another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I am your host, Ari Gronich, and we'll see you next time. <music>